0: Let me tell you what happened in this match. Disciplinarian and Little Miss Smarty Pants thought that they was too good to tag with me, so she literally refused to tag me into the match. And what happens in a match if I don't get tagged in? The other person loses. She lost the match, not me. I apparently need to find either a different partner or I need to go for a different title because the only person that can get the job done is Jesse Jones. For the AWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship Well, ladies and gentlemen to another episode of Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast With your host Mr. Green How are you and thank you Welcome to the show Uh, I'd have to put a little bit of a disclaimer here Now this episode that you're about to listen to The the review of episode 8 Was actually recorded several weeks ago (laughs) um this goes back to some of you might have heard me in, in different podcasts say that I was having some PC issues and so this goes back to me having some issues with the PC and I was unable to get it out at the time and and, and so even though I was recording these things they were just kind of piling up on each other uh this one was uh, recorded back to back in episode seven and episode eight. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of a, of a cutoff in there at the beginning, which is why I'm doing this. I, you know, to give a, a proper intro to it so I can actually separate the episodes. So, uh, just, you know, in the vein of full disclosure, I wanted to make sure that I, I got that off so people know that, um, uh, this episode, although, you know, it was the review is valid, and you know everything is the way that I wanted it to be. I just wanted to give a little bit of a, of a connecting point from the start to what was in the middle of the episode. So, so like I said, since it was a, a back-to-back one initially, this, this would have been in the middle. So, we're going to go right into Episode 8, the review. Uh, this is covering a while... Uh, I can't remember the, the date that I, that I had with that, but, um, this is just giving, giving, giving a little leeway into the show. Like I would normally do. I didn't, I didn't want it to come off as at subpar. So there we go, folks, that, that was it. I just needed to give a little bit of a disclaimer there. So thank you for tuning in and on with the show. Following week, another episode, another run of Wow and and his superheroes, and I will admit the one thing that Wow does, you know, that' pretty good, and I think is unquestionable. I ain't gonna say the one, but one of the things that they do that that's pretty good is that uh, visually they present very well, very well. Uh, they have a lot of uh, people, like I said, Leia Bacona, For instance, us, so we'll use her as an example looks like a star and if they don't do something with her if they somehow drop the ball and they don't give you know her at least a run at challenging for the championship at some point i'm gonna personally feel like they have just you know really dropped it there um but episode eight um the template is pretty much the same we we've we've already set how this is going to go the recap of the and her injury and why she can't currently defend. Uh, Raina Del Rey is, is set to take on Wrecking Ball in the main event. Even though we've not been introduced to Wrecking Ball at all, they've brought her up in the opening segment here. So uh, we know that she is coming to WoW, even though later on they kind of uh, contradict that. I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. So she's introduced as she as if she's already known and she's already a main eventer, even though this is the first time being seen. This is one of those cases of things that, you know, people have complained about in uh, AEW. They're probably a great example and that they acquire talent off of the independents who have some sort of a name and it's just assumed that everybody knows them. Well, that's what we got here. We got on Wild. We got Wrecking Ball, who wrestles as Heidi Howitzer on the Independence. Uh, it's just kind of like assumed that people will, you know, know who she is. She's, she's talked about like she's a big threat and she's a a main event girl. But you know, this is the first time we're ever seeing her, so nobody that's watching this show who isn't on the Independence or somebody like me that follows it wouldn't know who she is. And there's no reason for you to feel like this would be some sort of uh, incredible match aside from the fact that she has an interesting look. Like a female road warrior or something like that. Uh, but it, this it's, it's a nice intro, but it misses the mark in that it's talking about stuff that I would say probably 90% of their audience has no idea of. Uh, Segment two We have Another Round in the tag team tournament I I had to think about that one for a second But yes this is another round In the tag team tournament This is round Three for Miami Sweet Heat And round two For Adriana Gambino And Gianni Gambino and Gianni are a good looking team they're green, they have a little inexperienced or inexperienced, but they but they look good, and I you know I like the pairing of them. I said it already. I, I I enjoy the pairing of these two, and I think that they could get somewhere down the line. And them losing here doesn't really affect anything, in, in my view, but um uh, I hope that they get the opportunity to really build on the team and establish themselves so that they get the chance to challenge for uh, tag team championships at some point. Um, <clears throat> the twins in this, Miami Sweet Heat, the Carlson twins are slightly better. Uh, they got The match goes, the heat is on Gambino until they turn it around. Uh, no surprise here, Sweet Heat wins. I think it was already kind of preordained that Miami Sweet Heat was going to win. Walking into this tag team tournament, I pretty much made my picks from week one, and that I was like, "It's going to be the the twins. They're they're going to the finals." I already, I can already feel it. That <laughs> that just a, a step away, they're they're going to the finals. So let's just take that for what it is. Um. After this match, it is announced that they're in the finals. Dave McLean comes into the ring and he's like, hey, you, you know, you, you're in the finals. Uh, the twins take the mic. Uh, they are, I, I love the, the, the Carlson twins. They're, they're sweet young ladies. But they have got to get better on the microphone. They are willing to speak on the microphone. That much is clear. But they are not good <laughs> they're not good on it quite yet this is not their strong suit and uh standing out there cutting a promo even when they have somebody that's that's uh leading the interview and not and I'm not entirely sure that David McClain is the the best lead for an interview but um it, it would have worked better or come off a little better if they were better orators if they could uh, kind of get their words across and, you know, talk about what the tag team championships mean to them and, you know, and getting up to the finals and all that good stuff like that, but they just could not do it. Physically in the ring, they they continue to get better. I've seen them, you know, do some matches on the independents where they looked really rough, and they, they've they gotten much better. They're still not great, but they're, they're improving and they've already they've established their finish they got the high low thing that they that they do as a finish in the ring and that's what they apply to uh gianni by the way and again i thought the match was fair enough to where that uh gambino gianni didn't really get hurt in this so uh, take that for for what it is um I'm not really sure how that was a tournament match other than, again, they just kind of slotted them in as as is. But there they are. You know, you had Sweet Heat taking on somebody else who was just kind of randomly tossed into their way. Uh, So they are going to the finals, and we pretty much know that they're set up to go against the Tonga Twins. So it's two sets of twins. It's the Tonga Twins versus Miami Sweet Heat, the Carlson Twins. Um, getting out of this, they advertise the next match, which would be Penelope Pink versus Sahara Spars, and then off into a segment. We have another sit down interview, number two for Spars, where she talks about her military background and how it helped her, you know, overall. So another one of those. Uh I can't say it enough. Nothing wrong with the video packages, but we don't need to see that every single week. We just don't because they don't discriminate about who gets the packages. I mean, even the heels get a package and, they, and it's not like they when they get it, they are trying to make you hate them. They they telling you about all the obstacles they overcame and this, that and the other. Whereas here for Spars, it works because she's a babyface. The only downside is that we've heard it. You know, we, we've more or less heard this already. So I don't know what we're getting a second version of it for. Uh, so segment four, Spars versus Penelope Pink with uh, Lana Starr. This is a decent match. Uh, again, not something that is surprising to me. Both Spars and Pink exist outside of the Wild Universe. So they got experience. They know how to you know, work a match and and uh, probably function with each other, whereas it might be a little bit more difficult with some of the other people on the roster. Um, Spars, at some point in the match, hurts her knee, although this is not a, uh, a point of interest in the match. It's almost not even used. Um, the end result here... Is death not by submission or by using the knee or the hurt I, hurt portion of uh, spars anatomy already? It is from the pink nightmare, the running knee strike by Penelope Pink, and she gets the one, two, three. Here is another example of uh, you know Lana Star being Lana Star and doing what she can to improve and evolve as a manager. I love it. Uh, I've already said I'm not big on the Penelope Pink name. You know, I would prefer that she actually be who she is on the Indies, just be Marina Tucker and, you know, going from there. It's, it's, she's the same thing and everything but the name. But I digress. The point being here is that they they win the match, and it essentially sets the stage for them to claim Wanting going after the championship, and that's what Star does. She comes in, she cuts a promo, pretty much demanding the title shot. Uh, this turns into an interaction between McLean and Star and Pink. You know, they're they're, they're touching, well, not touching, they're, they're they're conversing with David about what they want. Uh, because he is the recognized matchmaker, and he's the recognized comment lead and he's the recognized in ring interviewer. Uh, and at, at, you know, at this stage. I would also suggest that David McClain kind of throttle back on some of this stuff. He's too big. I mean, not, not like he's a big guy or something like that. He just, he chews up the scene. David McClain chews up the scene when he's in it. Uh, And he's, he does a lot. I mean, when they have a... uh a, a match and they go to the commentators table all more often than not. I won't say that they do it all the time. But I would say maybe nine out of ten times. More often than not, if they put the camera on the commentator table, they put it on him. If you don't see AJ Mendez. You don't see Stephen Dickey. They just they pretty much just put it on him. Uh if somebody has to be interviewed in the ring, David McLean goes in there and does it. If something happens backstage that needs an authority figure. This David McClain is doing that, and somebody has to acknowledge something that ringside for a matchmaker. Is David McClain, you've got to get somebody else in there that can do some of this stuff rather than him all the time. You know, he, yes, he he's a recognized name and personality, but but I say at the very least, there's two things that he could do right now that would change some of that. One, let Stephen Dickey and AJ Mendez do the commentary. There's no reason for a three-person booth. It just isn't. And I keep saying that Stephen Dickey has been there long enough to where I'm sure he understands and knows what David McClain wants out of his commentary. Cuz I know there's a particular style that they like to keep and keep it lighthearted and kind of campy and blah blah blah. But there ain't no reason for them to have three people there. Just just go at the two and be done. Uh, And also, let somebody come in the ring and do the interviews. Somebody, you know, that can do that regularly and be, you know, the post for the microphone. Uh, It doesn't have to be Dave McClain getting up from the table and going over there, you know, every chance they get to do some sort of interview segment. I know that none of these things will change. 'Cause I'm sure he probably enjoys doing it and doesn't see any reason for it to change, but those would just be the suggestions. They they can kinda maneuver that. Uh next thing we got is a vignette with Jesse Jones, Samantha Smart, and the disciplinarian. Jones is basically forced her way into being uh uh the disciplinarian's partner. Because as we know, she was once one third of the tag team championships along with the uh the, the the darling twins and uh that was stripped away from her It's hence why she's running around saying she deserves a shot at the you know being in the tournament which she does it makes perfect sense that she should get uh, some sort of opportunity but that hasn't happened I mean now they did make means to try to explain that I guess to kind of take the heat off of the promotion, where David McLean was like, "Well, you know, your your partner's left because of a family emergency, and you didn't fill out to be, you know, uh, part of the tournament. You didn't, and you never went and got a partner, so I can't put you in it." So I mean, that took a little bit off of off of them and put the heat back on Jones to where like, well, if you'd have just Done these things, you might be in the tournament right now, or you might still be the champion. But that since that didn't happen, you know we have to move on. So I appreciate that, and I will stand by saying that Jesse Jones probably went out of her way to make sure that it happened. Like, give me a microphone, I'll, I'll take care of it. She she does better than most when she's just given a microphone and opportunity just to cut the promo. And relate the information across because she did it. She did it fine. She did well. She got information across, and she is she's just good at it. She's been doing this long enough. She's just good at you know being on the microphone and and uh, getting information to the fans that needs to be related. Um. So, but this sets up for the next match. This is Jesse Jones and the Disciplinarian versus Randy Ra-Ra and Coach Campanelli. Uh, I put in highlight on my notes. Is this a tournament match? Because I thought they said something about it, but but it was never addressed again. So I was like, I, I have no idea whether this is a tournament match or not. I, I don't think so. Uh, the this is the old heel odd couple going on between Jones and the disciplinarian. That, that's what this is. Campanelli is basically the hero of the other side, even though she's, although be it somewhat of an arrogant hero, she she is the hero on the other side helping out Rara. Uh, Rara takes a beating in this match until Coach blows the whistle for the distraction roller, which was stupid. <laughs> this was a ridiculous end to... To the match, uh, I, I guess that was the only way that they that they saw fit to get out of this. <laughs> but I, I just it, it didn't make any sense to me that okay we're in the middle of this match, the coach pulls a, the whistle out of her sock and just decides to start blowing it in the in the middle of the well I guess in the middle of the match while Ra Ra is in trouble by the disciplinarian. And then lo and behold, you know, that for whatever reason was enough to have Rah-Rah slip out and get a roll-up. Now, I don't know how or why that would have happened, <laughs> why, why this whistle blowing would have caused that. Technically, it wasn't cheating because she didn't interfere. But, you know, you got that win because of the coach and her distraction whistleblow, and, and the roll-up for the win by Randy Rara. Randy Rara 2.0. Uh, so you you got these two, and they, they got the win, and unfortunately, uh, Jesse Jones and the disciplinarian lose, and the disciplinarian's losing streak continues. If I was going to use a phrase that was uh, brought up Many years ago, by one living legend, Larry Zbysko, he used to come on every week and talk about the Armstrong family. And we're not talking about Bullet Bob, but we're talking about the sons of Bullet Bob when they were on, you know, when they were just kind of getting started. And the Armstrongs would lose, and they would lose, and they would lose, and they would lose. And it just got to the point where – um Lazar were within almost all of their matches and the curse of the Armstrongs continues. And this is what I'm going to start with the discipline. And the curse of the disciplinarian continues. Another loss to another wrestler over the course of these years. I mean, holy smokes. She might have maybe one or two wins in like four years with this company is just one loss after another, and I can see that, that there are no that there cannot be any plans to push her into any sort of main event position or challenging for a title or anything significant now see she just there to take the loss, and I think it it pretty much shows at this point so um they go and um McLean does this interview also, again, probably could use somebody else, like I said, chewing up the scenes. Uh, but we, during this interview, we get Coach Hill Tendencies starting the show. She's taking over the interview. She's not letting Rara speak. Every time McLean tries to talk to her, she pretty much, she being Coach Campanelli, pulls the microphone back and, and explains for her And, you know, Ra-Ra is kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's, I don't want to say letting it happen, but she's being somewhat passive about it. Okay, so um, as I was saying, she was taking over the interview, showing heel tendencies began. So this is the first time that we're seeing some sort of definitive personality trait attached to Coach Campanelli, other than they show some sort of short video of her, which in my opinion only shows her to be an incompetent athlete. Uh, funny, you know, it's kind of like I said, it, it was the video package where she's kind of like doing the Mr. Perfect deal in reverse where he was going and showing how good he was. She's doing all this stuff with complete and utter confidence, but she's failing, you know, just, but not aware that she's doing it. Anyway, um, so we, we get that and we planted the seeds for where they're going with, uh, Campanelli. Uh, Next is a video package on the Wrecking Ball. And I will say that there are very few times that I say that they switch a name with somebody on Independence and they sound better. This might be the one. I think I might like Wrecking Ball better than Heidi Howitzer. But anyway, uh, this is a heel promo. And I like that they, it's established that it's heel But at the same time, it lets me, you know, it makes me question. Okay, what are we getting here? Is this a heel versus heel match? And that's what it looks like. It's coming off as it's just it's a heel versus heel match. Um, Raina Del Rey and Wrecking Ball. Now, I I do have to roll back a little bit and say that during the course of this, the uh, the management acknowledges like okay yeah we flew in wrecking ball to come in and and be part of the show and Raina del rey is coming out the ringside on the microphone and she's another one that's good on the mic saying well anybody in the back room you know she's essentially established uh, re that she's the uh the top dog there and you know especially since the beast is now hurt and that she's still going after the championship but and in all that, she said, all right, well, then you know, whoever wants some, just let them come on out here. Anybody in that locker room, come on out here now. So she issues an open challenge to anyone, despite being advertised all episode, that she's going to be taking on Wrecking Ball. So I'm not sure what this open challenge was supposed to be or why she was doing it. They, they already told you who it was going to be. And Dave Clay said, we flew this person in, so it can't be a surprise. And it's already been – it would be different if she was flown in and then she just accepted. But they already put it in the front of the show. <laughs> like, in the main event, this is going to happen. So I'm not sure what this open challenge deal that she was doing is about. But, you know, uh, that that is WoW's continuity. They they tend to do those things. So we'll, we'll let that slide, I guess. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Let's just put it that way. It doesn't make any sense, but they, but this is not the first time or the last time that they do stuff that, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, this match ends, and there's no point going into it. it. is basically a brawl, and it ends in a double countout. Uh, it's a great way to, sh- well, is it great? I mean, it's a good way to show how tough Del Rey is. But this is this is like a rock fighting a rock. Nobody got any advantages. A moving force, irresistible object, and it, and it didn't serve any purpose. Especially when you got Del Rey coming out there, who has been in the main event mix, challenging the beast, telling the, you know everybody who listen how tough she is and that she could whoop anybody in 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 a And now she's like, all right, well, anybody come on out here and, and I'll prove it, and she can't. Wrecking Ball didn't get beat. See, they, they pretty much just fought to a, a well, I'm not going to say pretty much, they did. They fought to where it was a no winner. Uh, this this didn't work. This didn't work. Um, If it feels like this match happened without having a goal in mind. Like, let's just have a match and, you know, let's fill the time. Now, that's what it felt like. I'm not saying that's what they did, but that's what it felt like. The goal here for me should have been let's keep Reyna Del Rey strong. Let's get her, put her over in the main event and let's keep her strong. There's no reason to have somebody who just walked into WOW that day uh, take her to the limit. And, you know, because you can't be here. Why are you challenging the beast? You can't beat this person. She just showed up. She didn't have a record at WoW. So it didn't quite land for me. Uh, and, again, I'm not even sure is she babyface, is she heel. wild tends to ignore doing that or, or acknowledging who's baby and who's the heel in a lot of their events, this being one of them. So um, it it just it for whatever reason it didn't hit the mark. It just kind of fell a little flat. Didn't didn't get a goal across for me. It, it it was just a match for the sake of having a match. Did it look good? Sure, it, you know it looked fine. Uh, do I think that both of the ladies that had in the match were talented? Yes, I do. Uh, I think they are both very talented. I just don't think that whatever creative. Angle that they were trying to plant, they being the WOW uh, creative team, I, I don't think that it did either one of them any favors, particularly Del Rey because she, of all of them, needs to be kept strong as a opponent for the returning beast. What should have happened is that she should have been fed someone that she could just beat up. Yeah, they could give them a hard time. Yeah, you know, give her, give her some fits here and there, or maybe come close to rolling up. Maybe get that close to getting that win in there. I mean, like Tiki Chamarro, you know, she she should have been in there. So one of one of those miscellaneous girls that they have on the roster that that we know they are ever going to do anything with, but they're just there to get beaten. Foxy fierce, somebody. They should have had somebody come out there that they could have looked good lose and have delray just move on wrecking ball did not need to be introduced in a non-winning effort if she was going to be introduced as this badass that's out there then let her be introduced as such let her win let her get something you know these things would happen uh back in the day and i'll use an example that fits wrecking ball when the Road Warriors were hitting the scene and promoters wanted them in, the Road Warriors were just kind of established as the hardcore, well not hardcore, they're just the invincible team. And that nobody could hurt. And they the only people that in those particular territories do could stand up to them were probably your top guys. And they had to work together. They had to, you know, form a team in order to take that challenge on. And even though, you know, you didn't see the World Warriors lose, you you got the impression that they were as tough as they came. And if it takes, we'll use the Memphis thing, if it takes Austin Idol and Jerry Lawler to get in here against both of these guys, then wow, they must be something. You know, and they got the opportunity to toss them around, beat them up, do all, all that good stuff to them until they lost by disqualification, I think. But that's what it, – it, Wrecking Ball should have had something like that on the opposite end. She shouldn't have been going to, there against Del Rey because it forces your creative to have to make a choice. Your top girl who's challenging for the championship, does she lose? Or somebody that we're introducing as a as a big brawler, do we have her lose? Neither one of them needed to be in a position where they could have possibly lost. It would have been better they just should have had somebody that they could stick them up against that is – that can take the loss. Have Del Rey, like I said, beat up on somebody on that, on that roster who just came out. Like, okay, I'll take on the challenge and, then she, and put him down. One, two, three. Have Wrecking Ball be introduced, a debut match, and they have whoever in front of her. I don't know, since they don't really establish who's good and you know who's babyface and who's heel. I, I would just say ice cold. And then let it be an exhibition. She just burned through ice cold as quickly as possible, showing off her power moves, showing off how tough she is, showing off what kind of damage she could do. Pin her one, two, three, move on. And now we've established either person. And neither one of them had to take a loss. Well, neither one of them took a loss here. It just was a no contest. Which, again, like I said, it it, it was pointless. It didn't serve any purpose and uh, pushing them to that no contest match. And that was episode seven and eight. Those were interesting. But we will uh, continue to keep our eyes open. I, you know, Again, I, I tend to try to make sure I watch this week in and week out. I got notes on all this good stuff. And there are more reviews that are down. I'm just going to separate it. I don't want to put it all in one big omnibus and I have hours worth of me talking about it. So I'm going to break this up and we're going to talk about the next episodes. We'll we'll do 9 and 10 on the next one and that'll drop really soon because I already have it in front of me and I'm probably probably going to be sitting down and recording that uh, momentarily. Um, Listen, if you are looking to show how good you can be as a booker, you know what you can do? You can go to custom Wrestling.com. Well, well, you know what? Let me make sure that I'm getting the, the, the custom Vixens Wrestling. You know, I, I got my, my words wrong there for a second. Uh, but you can go to custom Vixens, Vixens with an S, wrestling.com, and you can get in there and book your match. That's right. You want to show the world that you are a better booker than maybe the creative staff at WOW, when now's your chance? Go to Custom rest, custom Vixens, excuse me, Custom Vixens Wrestling.com and go and uh, fill out for their future film days, and you can get some of the talent that they've got to match up in the match that you want them to have. Uh, who is there, by the way? You got Girls Like Fantasy, you got Rock and Roxy, you got Malibu, you got DeWold. Uh, You even at one point had Nina Monet, who you might uh, know as Siren, the voodoo doll. So if you want to get some of her in there, you can get that. You got Brooklyn Creed, another top girl, you know, and there are others in there. All you've got to do is you've got to go to customvixenswrestling.com and you can go to their link. You can go to their shop page and you can get matches that have already been produced if you don't want to produce it yourself, then you go get a match that's already set up for you. You need to watch that. You can watch Fantasy versus Roxanne Lane. Uh, Malibu versus Roxanne Lane. Roxanne Lane versus Malibu a, a couple of times, I think. She's in there like uh, three or four times. So we got a couple of matches with those two back and forth. Crystal Fire uh, versus Mama Hannah and Peyton Storm in a, a, a handicap match. A little bit versus Marie. Those, are, those two going after after two or three times, Jennifer Justice versus Fantasy. You have several, several, several matches there for the picking. All you got to do is go in and find it and, and or book your own. Go to customvixenswrestling.com and you too can be the booker. Also, if you're looking to support this channel, then you want to go to WPNWrestling.com, WPNWrestling.com, which is the link or the central or the nexus for all of our uh, items. And if you happen to be looking at this on YouTube, then you can do one better. You can go right down to the uh, t-shirt link that I have here, and you can pick out a t-shirt and you can support the channel that way because... Every purchase, every donation, every click up, uh, like, or subscription helps the channel out to a big degree. Uh, Helps us get into the algorithm, helps us remain to be seen, helps uh, with the purchases. Or (laughs) just like I said at the beginning, this thing has computer problems. When I got sick, my computer got sick too. And it's still not fully up to speed. Well, those donations help things like that. Me, me being able to get that repaired the way that I need it repaired, so I can get back to editing the proper way. So there we have it, folks. That is a uh, the review there's the double up review for a while. Uh, seven and and what is it, seven and eight? So when we get back, it'll be episodes nine and ten. And uh, hopefully we will get the train back on track for the WoW and the WoW review. So, that being said, thank you for tuning in for this episode. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your time, and I appreciate your support. And this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, and we will see you on the next go-round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.